Welcome, everybody, to the Steve Jordan Experience. Thank you for joining me today and my guest. It is a pleasure to have you. If this is your first time joining us, thank you for being here. And if you haven't yet rated the podcast, even if you've been a longtime listener, please rate the podcast. Please, please, please. It helps me and the guests get noticed on this vast library of podcasts. It helps the information that we are sharing to get out to more people. And your time will be just well-received among so many people out there who might need the help. Even if you might not have found this particular podcast entertaining and or valuable for you, there will be others out there who shall find this very valuable for sure. And I know for a fact today's uh, topic today about sleep science is going to definitely stimulate you to get to bed early tonight. It is with a a gentleman. uh, His name is Devin Burke. And Devin Burke has devoted his life to the science of sleep. He has written a book called The Sleep Advantage. Uh, He is a uh, well-rounded individual, uh, personally, professionally. And uh, without further ado, Devin, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me. Excited to uh, talk sleep and not put people to sleep. Yeah, no doubt. Um, I'm sure you've never said that before. <laughs> right? That's your that's your that's your opening statement. That's my opener right there. You got hey, it. Hey man, you know what? It works. And I I, I love it. Uh, as we talked about just prior to getting into the I've been a big fan of sleep for a long time. Uh, up until you know, maybe fast five, six years when sleep has become more of a science or and or a topic of conversation that kind of just rolls off the tip of people's tongues, or you can look at any blog or health professional um, uh, and or leader in and around the space that we're dwelling in, uh, talking about the importance of sleep and and hacking sleep. Prior to that, I have known intuitively how important sleep was, not just as a kid when I wanted to sleep in in the morning, but I, I literally, when I was in college, I started to realize that sleep was so important for me to taking tests. So I wasn't a great test taker. I was, you know, smart enough, but I hated studying. I would sit down, focus on a particular subject matter and, and sit there and focus. And I have friends, you know, we'd meet at the library the night before and we'd be cramming and studying for that exam the next day. And around 11 o'clock at night, I'm like, I'm out. I'm leaving. I'm going home to sleep. I'd rather like have a good night's sleep and have like my mental capacity and feel good and make educated decisions if I don't know the answers rather than staying up till two, three in the morning as my friends did studying and trying to cram in and getting like three, four hours of sleep. That was not what I did. So there, I believe, birthed my intuition on how important sleep was. And now it can be validated through science and research making good choices does rely on good sleep. So, and that's just not choices of taking tests, but it's life choices. It's, it's health choices. It's food choices. It's exercise choices. It's choices in almost every area. And I would arguably say, I'm sure you could agree in every area of your life. So the importance of sleep is an important. Let's fast forward now. Uh, God, I'm going to age myself 35 years I'm going to be 47 in about two weeks. And people are like, man, you look like you're in your 20s, 30s. What are you doing? And I'm like, well, it's not what I'm doing now. It's what I've been doing. And I have been on record to say, and if you've been a longtime listener, I believe one of my life hacks of aging gracefully is been getting quality of sleep. And listen, I've partied with the best of them. I've stayed out late. I've sometimes stayed up until, you know, till, till the sunlight was out um, and had good times. But I would say 99% of my life, I have been getting good sleep, going to bed at 10, 10.30, waking up 6, 6.30. Some of it has been forced upon me by my career because I didn't want to be tired and groggy and sleepy because I am a professional. But with that said, I have uh, built a great sleep pattern and I believe that I have aged well and I have had an antibiotic in eight, nine, in 18 years, 19 years. And I did get COVID uh, about a month ago, but I've beat it, you know, very quickly and I feel great. So there's the, you know, my belief in sleep. Now tell us, uh, you know, why it's important other than what my <laughs> testimonial was there. <laughs> well, that's a fantastic testimonial. First off, Stephen, I, I I thought that you were a lot younger than, would you say 40, you're turning 47? 47. Yep. So yeah, it, absolutely. You're doing all the things right because I would have never guessed that. So that's amazing. And I, I love personal testimonials because they're the most powerful ones. And I always tell people, it's like, you don't really know the power of sleep until you start to optimize it, until you start to experience it for yourself. And then you start to see, holy, sh- 
Like I did not understand. I thought I was, I thought I felt good. I thought I had energy. I thought I had mental clarity and I didn't. And it's like, you, you know, so this is like one of the challenges with sleep is most people don't pay attention to it. Now they're starting to pay attention to it, but still there's the vast majority of people just don't realize how important it is. They take it for granted where if there's, it's stigmatized. It's, it's seen as a weak habit of low performers. It's seen as, you know, snooze, you lose, you know, a uh, waste of time. And it's the complete opposite. It's the foundation of health. It affects, like you said, every aspect of your life, your relationships, your decision-making process, your mental capacity, your, your physical health and vitality. Every single aspect of our entire lives is impacted by sleep. And it's something that we do a third of our life. So why, why wouldn't we optimize it? Why wouldn't we invest a little time and attention and to make that one third of the life you know, improve it so that the other two thirds can be that much better? And it is linked to longevity. It's linked to everything. And so, you know, that's, it's, it's a, such an important message. I think that people need to hear is that sleep isn't something that it should be, you know, put on the back burner when life gets difficult or when, you know, you have a lot of stress going on or whatever it's, it, it sleep is something that needs to be protected. It needs to be prioritized and it is the foundation that extraordinary health is built on. And if you want to live long, if you want to live great, you got to sleep. And, um, you know, there's a lot, and we can get into how to, how to do that. Or, you know, you, you let, I'll let you guide the rest of the yeah. conversation here, but no, I, I, absolutely. There's no, no question about it. I definitely want to talk about that, but I also want to talk a little bit about, and to give your credibility here, you're a TEDx speaker as well. Um, you're a keynote speaker. You've again, got a book, you've been all over the internet. Uh, you recently did a podcast with Dr. Drew I mean, this isn't just a, a side business for you. This is a business that you have invested all of your energy, focus, and time on, and you're doing well in it because there is a, I mean, everybody, there is no person on this planet, every seven, eight billion people on this planet has to sleep and optimize their sleep, whether they know it or not. How did you get into the business? How did you, how did you get into the focus of of uh, sleep science? Where did this come from? The the devotion to it? Yeah, it wasn't out of my own pain. I get that asked a lot. Like, hey, you must have had like really bad sleep issues. Actually, I sleep amazing. I'm an amazing sleeper. And I used to take it for granted. It was actually someone else's pain. So I, I studied a lot of different things. I was going to become a doctor of physical therapy, realized, hey, you know what? I don't want to shell out $150,000 in student loan debt, go back to school. And I wasn't really that passionate about it. And so I was looking for what you know, kind of what, what, what to do next. Cause I had done all this education and one of my clients was working with a health coach. Didn't know that was even a thing learned about health coaching was like, wow, this is amazing. I can help people in all these aspects of their life and their health. And so started that kind of started my journey into studying a whole slew of mind, body technologies and psychologies. And that kind of led me to dealing with supporting entrepreneurs, people in high, high pressure jobs, uh, more as a health and performance coach, uh, mindset coach. And one of the clients I was working with, he had issues with his sleep and I didn't study. I studied all these things. I didn't study sleep. And he's like, Hey man, you know, this is great that you know all about the nutrition and the, the movement and all this other stuff, but I can't, I'm having issues sleeping. Like what can you know anything about this? How, you know? So I was like, let me look into it. The more I looked into it, the more interested I got in it. And the more I looked into what was available for people that did not sleep well, the more I was like, wow, there's a huge opportunity to serve people here. And that just kind of set me off on this journey of learning sleep science. And then also kind of taking the what was available and, and really pulling all the things that I learned in the past and tweaking it to solve specific sleep issues and challenges for people. Mm. And um, it's been really fun. I mean, it's been interesting and very fun to to dive into the science and also the psychology of sleep. Cause a lot of people totally disregard the psychological aspect that leads up to sleep. So I'm really passionate about speaking about both, but that's, that's really what leads me up to sharing about sleep and, and, you know, the workshops and all the things that I'm doing. That's great. I, I, I was, you took the words out of my mouth about the psychology. I would imagine that the psychology of it is probably as important or more important than the science of it. Obviously understanding the science of it for you is great, not necessarily for the clients, what, when you have to shift somebody's mindset or paradigm and shift patterns, habits, literally that they've been doing perhaps their whole life, um, you know, to be able to get that quality of sleep, 
has to be a very big challenge and undertaking. And you've got to be able to know human psychology well enough to be able to shift patterns and uh, manipulate in a positive way the, the things that you know are not going to be beneficial to help them get to the result that you hope that they get to. A hundred percent. And that's where really where we start with everyone that we work with is helping them get their minds out of the way of their bodies so that their bodies can do what they know how to do, which is sleep. I mean, our bodies have an intelligence, our heartbeats are, you know, we breathe. We don't have to think about either of those things. We don't have to think about sleep really either. It's oftentimes the mind that gets in the way of the body. And so that's where we start is looking at, well, how do we remove the mental barriers to then let the intelligence of the body come online and just do what it knows how to do. Mm, awesome. That's great. So give us an example, um, if you don't mind, since we're on that topic. So let's say I'm somebody who doesn't sleep well. If you can just take me through just a quick you know, assessment, right? I, I, I come to you, I say, you know what? I, I'm not sleeping well. I'm stressed. Like I know that sleep is important. I'm 47 years old. Um, you know, how, where do we start? How can I, where, where, where do I go from here? Yeah. So first and foremost, it, it, everyone is unique, but your sleep challenge is not. It's important to say that. And there's different types of sleep challenges. So primarily what I specialize in is chronic onset and maintenance insomnia. Onset insomnia being trouble with sleep latency, falling asleep, maintenance insomnia, trouble staying asleep. So there's, you know, depending on where- Could you repeat that? I think it's important to repeat that. That's because that's, that's a new topic or a new area of- Sure. So, so yeah. So insomnia, there's, there's subcategories of insomnia and we can get into the criteria of what is considered insomnia. I think that's probably a good place to start. And then we can get into subcategories. Mm -hmm. So insomnia is if you have a challenge, either getting or staying asleep more than three days a week uh, for longer than three months, that's considered chronic insomnia. If it's less than that, it's acute insomnia. And then there's something called transient insomnia, which is, you know, can be like a week. Um, So often what happens is transient insomnia turns into acute, which then turns into chronic. And then the subcategories is there's onset insomnia, which is trouble initiating sleep or what we call in sleep science, sleep latency. And then there's maintenance insomnia, which is trouble staying asleep. And so those are two different challenges that people have. Um, Oftentimes what's amazing about this is that the solution for, for, for both there's the solution for both of them is the same. Although mm-hmm. there are certain places that you want to start depending on what someone's challenge is. So is it was that clear Steve? It was very clear. Okay. So so really understanding well first and foremost it is the person having issues getting to sleep or staying asleep. Um do they have anxiety about sleep? You know, what is the the stress in their life? What is what is the how are they handling stress? Because you know, you can't talk about you know sleep or sleep challenges without talking about stress because they're bi-directionally linked. Meaning, the more stress you experience, the less rest you experience. The less rest you experience, the more stress you experience, and that's physically, mentally, and emotionally. So, looking at the the stress during the day is really where we always start. Like, what is creating stress? How do we mitigate that stress? We like to use the word master stress. How do we understand it? How do we put in place practices and tools to reduce it or eliminate it altogether? Um, that's where we start. And that starts with also understanding what we, we, we call creating you know, stress awareness or awareness in general, thoughts and beliefs. You know, what are you believing? What, what are you thinking that's creating stress? Um, so that's where we start identifying s- stress. You know? Then after we identify the stressors, we put in, we, we, we put in place habits, tools, techniques, strategies to reduce that stress Mm. because a stress body will not rest. So that's, that's where we start. Mm, That's great. What are some of the most common reasons why people won't sleep? I mean, you say stress, but like, what are the stressors that typically, um, will cause that? And I, and I asked this question, it's kind of a loaded question. I kind of know the answer. One of the answers, at least for me, I actually, that's all I can say is it for me, um, I remember like going through a relationship breakup was a challenge. So relationships were a challenge when I have a relationship challenge, whether it's in my past before I was married with a girlfriend or uh, even a client. Now, if I've got some kind of strain with a a client where I'm, you know, thinking about it and really pondering it, like I tend to 
that's where in my life I lose sleep. I don't stress necessarily over money. I don't stress over time. I don't stress over much of anything else. Those relationships are where I start my stress. That's I want to share that. Absolutely. Relational stress is a big one. And so we call these events. So relational, you know, stress, it may be you're you're on the rocks with a relationship or your marriage isn't going well. Um, that's a massive one. Uh, financial stress is another one where you're worried about when the next paycheck's gonna come in, if you're gonna be able to get that job. Um, that's another huge one. Um, you know, stress can be the form come in the form of usually a loss, you know, loss of uh could be death, you know, someone that you know died. Mm-hmm. Um, a dog, you know, or a cat or mm-hmm. a rabbit or whatever animal died, you know, any type of loss is, or change is a form of stress. Mm. So you could move. Oftentimes people move. This is a big one. People have kids, you know, you know, throw, you know, throw that in there, or even let's just go there, a pandemic on top mm-hmm. of all the things. Right. So it's like, there's a lot of forms of stress. Um, and but the big ones usually we we experience stress is often we 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 feel stress when we're focusing on what's out of our control. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's it can come from a lot of different places, but most of us don't have the tools to actually deal with it. Mm-hmm. Um, we were never taught. We were taught you know how to manage stress by people that didn't know how to manage their own. Mm-hmm. Um, and most people that, you know, they lash out in anger or they zone out with social media or, or TV or work, or they numb out with food, alcohol, and drugs. This is how most people manage their stress. It's, it's distract themselves or disengage or, or get, you know, emotionally react. These are all ways that lead to more stress. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so having some awareness around what's creating the stress, where is the stress coming from? What is your stress blueprint? How do you handle stress? All of this is is conversation that needs to be had to then start to lead into the conversation. How do we handle that in a you know masterful way that allows for more harmony and balance within the mind and body? Awesome, that's great. Yeah, I mean, there's uh, there's so much that happens in and around stress. Stress is, in my professional opinion, in my studies and my research, and just experiences stress is the number one killer it's the number one thing that brings us down all of our all of our health and wellness in all areas uh, a lot of people stress eats you, obviously you're losing you know you're you're losing sleep as we just discussed um and and a and a, a variety of other things so i think we if we need to be very mindful you know this is the beginning of the year 2022 we need to be thoughtful about our stress. Like stress is there. There's always going to be stress. There's always going to be things that are going to stress us out, but it's how we react to that stress. So what are some of the tips that you can help our listeners in ways to react to tips or react to stress, some tips on reacting to stress that you help your clients with? Yeah. So first, you know, create the awareness of what's creating the stress in the first place. So that's the first step. Because oftentimes people don't even realize they're choosing stress. So identifying what's creating stress and then creating you know, a practice around releasing stress. And that can be in a lot of forms. We, we love mindful meditation. Any type of meditation is great. Um, but mindfulness meditation is linked to improving sleep and improving your life in general. Um, but having intentional practice of some type of meditation will then better prepare you to be resilient when stress shows up and it will show up, right? Mm-hmm. We're not getting, you know, stress is a part of life. So it's like, and it's not bad. All stress isn't bad. Um, we need it. We need it to grow. We need it to, you know, to move through life. It's just, it's part of life. So um, mindfulness meditation, having a practice is super important, but anything that's really going to create self-awareness mm-hmm. is, is going to help you then make better decisions. Um, you know, we we do a lot of cognitive behavioral you know therapy techniques to help people shift and reframe their negative. We we talk about sleep, so negative sleep thoughts. Um, so really identifying, well, what are the thoughts that are creating more stress for you? Are those thoughts useful? You know, and you could take this and apply it to anything. You know, what are the thoughts that are creating stress? And fill in the blank. Are those thoughts useful? Is believing those thoughts leading to more stress or less stress? So doing some self inquiry. Um, is is a powerful tool, and this can happen through journaling. You know, write your 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 mind moves a lot faster than your hand, 
So whenever you have a racing mind, just sort of writing out your thoughts can be very therapeutic. Um, having a, having a practice and, you know, creating a, you know, destimulizing environment so much of life. I was just down in Miami in, in a, you know, in a Miami is a crazy city. There's so much stimulation everywhere. There's people, there's noise, there's, you know, you need, we need to have environments of quiet of, mm-hmm. of, you know, like sanctuaries in our homes. So if we live in a city, we can retreat back to, um, because too much stimulation of any kind is a form of stress. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's, I mean, it's, it's a big I conversation. I, I love that point that you make. because I've had a lot of conversations about being in nature and, and getting out and, um, just, it's so important to have an environment that is, uh, that is tidy, that's clean, that's uh, uh, inviting, that allows you to be comfortable. And and your bedroom, speaking of sleep, should be one that is the ultimate sanctuary, the place where you absolutely need to retreat. No TVs, no cell phones, no laptops, no iPads, no any devices in there. Like it should be a place of tranquility and calmness. So when you walk through that door into the bedroom, that's your like ah your moment of just release. And that should be a feeling consciously and subconsciously that you should feel when you walk into a bedroom. And if it's not, it's never too late to arrange it that way. And you can do it without any money. You can just rearrange things, just change it up, take out the electronics, move things around, Um, you know, maybe just uh, tidy up more, make things, put things away in drawers, so that, like you said, there's no stimulus and that stimulus doesn't have to be loud noise. It could be things clutter. It's yes. a terrible thing. hundred percent. So sleep sanctuary, you know, clean, dark, quiet, mm. you know, clean, dark, and quiet. And, you know, it is because you have anything that's in your visual, like even the colors of your wall have an impact on how you feel. People totally disregard their environments mm. and how big their environments actually impact their, even like the lighting, like fluorescent lighting not good in a bedroom, like really bright LED lights in a bedroom, not, not a good choice. Like go for mm-hmm. some candescent bulbs or even like candlelight, um, you know, make your, your environments, um, destimulating, like make it like it's, everything is just like a spa in your bedroom, mm-hmm. um, versus a lot of people have a really strong negative association to their bed and bedroom because of bad habits. You know, they have difficult conversations with their partners when they're in bed. They watch TV, mm-hmm. uh, they fall asleep with the TV on. They have their their cell phones right next to their bed and they're checking social media and emails. I mean, that's really bad sleep hygiene. That's that's not doing anything for your sleep quality. Um, and so, you know, it doesn't take much, but it does take intention and it does take a motivation to make these small changes. And those small changes over time make a big difference. Mm-hmm. And you know, to, to help motivate people, it's like measure your sleep. You know, we use the aura ring at sleep science Academy. Um, there's a lot of devices out there, but when you can actually see, Hey, I made this change that Steve and Devin talked about, like I cleaned the clutter in my bedroom. You actually can see, wow, that improved my quality of sleep, my REM sleep, my deep sleep. I feel more rested. Then that's going to motivate you to keep that room clean, clear clutter. Right. So having the tangible sort of feedback on you know your sleep specifically it's like you can't master what you don't measure so measure it just like you mm-hmm. measure you know your your calories maybe or your fitness routines or your finances you know if you want to improve something you got to measure it yeah you, it's the only really true way to know um it's your your ability to kind of to coach yourself or tweak yourself when the numbers don't line up to where you should be going. And otherwise you're just guessing. Right. And it's like, don't, don't guess, don't guess. Um, yeah. You know, it's like, well, you, you don't need to, and there's great technology out there that can help us. And, um, you know, you don't want to be obsessed with it. it, it you know, there is a whole thing, ortho orthosomnia. It's like, people are just like crazy about their sleep and like perfect. They're on the quest for the perfect, perfect night of sleep and their obsession. Mm. And it actually leads to worse sleep. Mm-hmm. Uh, but having something that can you can that can give you some feedback is 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 really critical um, to stay motivated and to to see the impact of the small changes over time. 
Tell us about the Aura Ring. I, I know it. Um, I actually have a couple of clients that have it. Uh, tell us a little bit about the science of that so you can maybe help people if they're wanting to make a decision to sleep better. I know that it does have a lot of benefits and it can help people uh, use it. Tell us a little bit about it and how you use it at the Sleep Academy. Yeah. So, sleep so Science it, Academy, sorry. Yeah. So it's, it's, um, it's a ring that you wear in your finger and essentially it measures all the important sleep data that you could ever wish for. It measures... Um, you know, sleep stages, sleep latency, how fast you fall asleep, sleep efficiency, the time in bed, body temperature, heart rate variability, which is a recovery metric. Um, it measures, um, you know, the depth and quality through each stage. So everything that you're getting as far as feedback, you can look at, and they make it really simple because they give you in the morning, they kind of give you a score based off of certain algorithm of like how well you slept that night. Um, you know, based off of your sleep efficiency, your sleep latency, the depth and quality of your sleep, um, your body temperature, your heart rate, all these things. And it just gives you feedback and it's, it's specific for sleep. So there's awesome devices like the whoop strap and the Apple watch. And, um, there's, you know, there's, there's a lot of them out there devices that track things. This one is really focused on just sleep. Mm -hmm. uh, and if you care about your sleep, and I think everyone hopefully now is being, inspired to care more. Yes. It's like, um, you know, it's, it's a great investment. They go, mm -hmm. I think they, they sell, they sell for about $300. It is an investment, but I've tried a lot of different devices and, um, this one's the best. It's the least invasive and the most mm -hmm. accurate when it comes to sleep tracking. Awesome. Great. Thanks for sharing that. Uh, tell us a little bit about the science, uh, the sleep science Academy. So what is that all about? Is it a actual location or you, you've mentioned a few times we, so I imagine there's, you have partners or people that you work with that are involved in your business. Yeah. So we act, so we used to have a location in Delray beach, Florida, um, pre pandemic. Now it's, we help people all over the country. I have a team of coaches that are trained in the methodology that coach through our program, but essentially it's what we do is we take people through a systematic approach that's paired with coaching and technology to help them solve their sleep and help them restore their natural ability to sleep. And so we support people, really it's people that have chronic either onset or maintenance insomnia and are really open to addressing the root cause versus using band-aids like sleeping pills or supplements or some of these other things that maybe can help temporarily, but don't really solve sleep at the root level. Mm, awesome. I like that. Um, where is the thing, where is sleep going to be going in the future? I mean, there's so many things we have now, uh, pods. And I know in New York city, there's been places where people go, uh, like literal locations where you could go and take naps in these pods. And, um, we are noticing there are more outlets for sleep and, uh, opportunities to tweak and master our sleep. How and where do you see the progression of sleep science going in the next five to 10 years? Yeah, it's exciting. So it's really infusing technology into the bedroom for a positive mm. impact on sleep. So there's incredible. But isn't that, a, isn't that a, an oxymoron? Because we're saying take technology out of the bedroom, but now we're putting it in the bedroom to manipulate or to, yeah. to quantify yeah. So like some of the technology, let me be more specific and clear. Like, so there's certain technologies that are coming out that can help monitor your body temperature and get you deeper into deeper stages of sleep faster. Mm -hmm. Um, so manipulating your environment using technology versus manipulating your environment to let the technology use you. Ah, is, that's, I think I love that. Say that again. That's important to, to, to say again. Yeah. So essentially not letting technology use you using technology to better your life is, is, yeah, that's great. And that's where sleep is going. Like, so there's, there's beds now that cool up and, and, and heat up during certain times of the night based off of your sleep data to help you get into deeper stages of sleep. Um, you know, there is people are working on things to actually tap into the, the, the mind as you're sleeping for, to learn. Um, you know, like lucid dreaming and things like that, like where you actually become conscious of, of actually what's happening in your dreams. Like it's, it's getting like really wild. Um, and as far as like, it's, you know, like that movie inception, mm -hmm. like, I think in the very near future, there's, we're going to be able to tap into 
into our minds in a positive way to have positive outcomes uh, during our days, as far as like learning, uh, trauma healing, um, all kinds of things. Using technology and using frequency and using light and temperature and, and you know these these sort of levers, um, there's there's some really cool stuff that's that's coming. Um, and I'm I'm pumped about it. So that's awesome. I don't. You know, you don't want to be a cyborg. I mean, that's yeah, not my yeah. that's not my goal, right? Um, and I think that it's it's important to also, you know, the closer you get to nature, we can't we can't duplicate nature. We can't mm. duplicate the sunrise or the sunset. Mm. You know, we can try with alarm clocks and things that can sort of mimic that, and those are helpful. Um, but ultimately, you know, just getting back to how things used to be is is really. I think is is important to to remember as well. Without we go mm-hmm. too far into using all this technology and lose the forest for the trees here. Cool. What is your professional opinion on the different, uh, let's say the the people who prefer different times of sleep or who thrive at different times of the day, like the night owl, right? Yeah. Uh, the person who's like no. I do my best work or I'm at my best when I'm, you know, at night from 11 to two in the morning or, you know, somebody who's working a graveyard ship in the middle of the night. Um, how do these things affect people? Is it really, truly, we have uh, something, I, I met once a sleep doctor or sleep there, uh, a sleep uh, practitioner who said that, that people are two different types of sleepers. There are people that are better during the day and there are people who are better at night. I think it was with a bear and something else. I forget what their titles were. Is that right? Yeah. So what you're talking about is what we call chronobiology. Yeah. And so it's, we, we each have, and I think you're referring to Dr. Michael Bruce. He has a yes. book, the power yes. of when there's different, you know, he, he, he kind of just made them fun names like a bear, a dolphin, a wolf, and a lion. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's more than two, like traditionally people think, oh, I'm a morning person or, or I'm an evening person. There's actually a couple types in between. And, you know, there are, you can take what's called an MEQ quiz. You can just Google MEQ quiz and that can, it'll ask you some questions and give you a pointer as to what type of chronobiology you have. Mm-hmm. Um, it's important to know that because that's genetic mm-hmm. and you want to honor your genetics. So, you know, if you are somebody that is a night owl, then it, you know, if you have the opportunity to situate your lifestyle to sort of cater to that, that would actually be in your best interest. That would be mm-hmm. what would be healthy to you and your body. Um, it's like bio-individuality, you know, like not, there's not like a right way of eating. There's not really a right way of sleeping. It's, mm. it's what's right for you. Mm-hmm. And that changes over time. Your chronotype doesn't change, but your, your sleep need changes. If mm-hmm. you're an athlete, depending on how old you are, if you're a man or a woman, how much stress you're experiencing, that's all going to dictate and fluctuate how much, uh, n- you know, how much sleep you, you really should be getting, allowing mm-hmm. your body to get. Uh, and that, that changes just like, mm. you know, our exercise re- regimens change and our diets probably change throughout the course of our lives. Sleep is one of the same things that should change as you evolve. Mm. Awesome. That's the, I mean, really good point. What is your, um, kind of a sleep pattern? What do you do personally? Yeah. So I am, I'm a, like I mentioned before, I'm a fantastic sleeper and I go to bed about 10 o'clock every night. And I sleep usually till about seven thirty in the morning, mm. so I get I get a real so, so, you know I sleep eight eight and a half hours mm-hmm. um, of uninterrupted sleep, and um, when I don't get that sleep, I feel di- I feel different. So this past weekend, I was attending a wedding in Miami. It was a, it was a it was a um, Spanish wedding, so they like to party. You know the the ceremony started at seven p.m. That means the reception didn't start till like, I think it was like. 8.30 or something that we were in dinner at like 9.30 at night mm-hmm. and dancing until three o'clock in the morning. And I felt, I felt it. I, I'll yeah. tell you what. And it wasn't just the alcohol. I had, you know, espresso martini and all that, but I literally, I mean, it's, uh, it's crazy. So, you know, I think it's important to not get obsessed with sleep hygiene or obsessed with schedules, but staying on a consistent schedule absolutely helps with your circadian clock, no matter what type of chronobiology you have. Mm-hmm. Um, but for me, for me personally, uh, you know, according to Dr. Michael Bruce, I'd be like a bear. That's, mm-hmm. you know, it's just, a, that's what I am. That's why I remembered that name. I had taken a test. Yeah. 
Yeah. Great. What is your uh, opinion and, and, and your understanding of alcohol and sleep? I know people were like, oh, I like to have a glass of wine and kind of wind down at the end of my day or a beer or whatever. And it helps me go to sleep. It helps me relax. What's your opinion and profession and, and understanding of that based on science? Yeah. So, so most people are using alcohol as a um, stress management tool. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's not ideal there. Um, it also gets in the way of REM sleep, which is an important stage of sleep. So that's when our, you know, short-term memory gets shuttled to long-term storage. That's when, you know, we're working out the emotional traumas of the day, a lot's going on during the REM stage and alcohol specifically, you know, gets in the way of that, mm-hmm. that specific stage. It also, it's just, you know, it's, it's, it's poison, <laughs> uh, you know, it, 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 it might help you fall asleep faster but your your body's going to heat up your di- you know it's a diuretic so you're going to be dehydrated we lose we lose a wa- a liter of water throughout the night regardless um don't get me wrong do i enjoy a glass of wine absolutely you just don't want it to be consistent and you know if you're using it to relax then then there's there's something there to look at mm-hmm. great awesome what about when you're traveling over time zones um you know i've i've traveled over many time zones and have had uh experience and understanding that it's better to just kind of get into the time zone that you're in as quickly as possible. So let's just say I'm flying to Japan. My wife is Japanese and uh, we leave here at, uh, let's say 8 p.m. and we arrive there at 7 a.m. and I've got a full day. I've been up already 12 hours. It's better to kind of work through that day, even if it's slow and sluggish, maybe take a quick power nap even and work through that and try to get into that time zone to get better sleep and just get into their, uh, you know, get into that time zone sleep wake cycle. What's your opinion, uh, on that? Yeah, it's, uh, you know, mitigating jet lag is there's definitely some powerful strategies for how to do that. And depending on where you're flying, like, are you flying East or are you flying West? There's kind of different strategies to sort of help mitigate the stress of a change of time zone, but ideally, you know, wherever you are, um, you know, food is, is important. Like food timing is important. Uh, melatonin can actually, I'm not a big fan of melatonin using it for sleep on a consistent basis, but there have been a lot of studies that suggest that using melatonin when you're traveling through time zones in a very strategic way can be extremely helpful. Mm. Um, but so, so really you want to try to get your body in a rhythm as quick as possible synced up to the time zone that you're flying into. And they say that it takes about a day uh, to, to, you know, to kind of catch up per time zone. Yeah. So depending on how, t- how many time zones you fly from, let's say, so I'm in Florida, you're in California, you know, that's what, uh, three hours difference. Mm-hmm. So that would really be three days for my body to essentially catch up. But I, there are some interesting ways of uh, mitigating that. Like I said, with meal timing, as well as with lighting, um, Napping can be a strategy. Melatonin and caffeine also used at certain times can all factor into sort of, um, you know, helping the body sync up faster. Um, so that you don't have to experience so much of the stress of jet lag. Awesome. Um, question about food, uh, since we, we brought up wine and, and beverages, um, the timing of food you mentioned, uh, can you share with us your, uh, knowledge on, food and the timing of food and sleep, you know, if people will have a big meal at night, typically, which is something I don't condone. Um, but people typically have larger meals at the end of the day, how is that affecting our sleep? And what would you recommend people to do as far as the timing of their, of their eating and improving the quality of their sleep? Yeah. What you eat and when you eat both important, um, specifically when the question you're asking when, so you don't want to eat, you know, you want to have a three hour fasting window from the, you know, the time, the last bite of food you have to the time you're in bed, ideally more, to be honest. Mm-hmm. And the reason for that is because that first quarter of the night, that's when we drop into Delta deep sleep, body repair and recover. You don't want to, that's when your body's removing cancerous cells, your immune system's activated. You don't want your body sending energy to your stomach to digest your food. Um, and so the earlier you eat, the better. Uh, and a lot of people say, oh, I can't sleep on, a, on an empty stomach because well, you trained your body to, that's a, that's a belief that's actually not, you know, 
you can change that belief and you can also change what you're doing to then have your body be able to fall asleep, whether it's fasting or, or full. Um, it just takes some intention and, and a willingness to do that. Um, I know for me personally, um, then, you know, I, I track, I've been tracking my sleep for a very long time. And, and when I eat too close to bedtime, you know, if I break that three hour rule, it absolutely affects my deep sleep mm-hmm. for sure. Um, I so, agree. It, it does for me too. What typically happens to me is I get really hot. So I, I tend yeah. to sleep hot. Um, my wife and I are always kind of challenged, like when we're going to change over the winter comforter to the spring and vice versa. Like, like the past few nights, three nights in, um, in Orange County, California, where I live now, uh, the temperature's kind of gotten up a little bit. It's maybe like 58 degrees at night and we've got our winter comforter on and I'm like hot, kind of sweating. And I'm, you know, kind of pulling the covers off my sleep is getting like a little disrupted, but over the past, maybe three weeks prior, a month prior, it was really cold. Like it was getting down to like the early, like the low forties and I was sleeping perfectly through the night. Like it was great. I'd wake up. I'm like, Whoa, that was an awesome night of sleep. No disruptions whatsoever. My body temperature was perfect. What's your, what's your take on that? Yeah. Well, temperature and light are the two things that factor into sleep quality. You know, mm-hmm. our body temperature needs to drop two to three degrees Fahrenheit to induce sleep. Mm-hmm. And if you're waking up and you're hot, that's, that's, you're waking up because you're hot. Mm -hmm. So you want to have, you know, I'm a, there's a lot of different like things you can do to sort of mitigate that. One of them is have a conversation with your wife, maybe have separate blankets. You know, she she puts an extra blanket on top of our comforter. So there you go. Yeah. Yeah. That's a strategy. Um, Yeah. It's uh, but yeah, the colder, the better, the colder, the better. And actually taking a hot shower at night drops your body temperature. So Mm -hmm in not a cold shower, hot shower. So you get out, your body actually then is, is going to try to cool off and it's going to help that, that process of cooling off is going to help send you, um, into sleep. So, um, you know, and, and I think there, there are things like the chili pad and the sleep bait pod, these, these things that you put under your mattress or the bed jet, it's like this little sort of fan thing that blows, um, yeah. On your Actually, uh, I was I was going through my old podcast list right here, and episode number ninety, I interviewed Tara Youngblood, uh, who's the founder of the uh, Chili Pad, and yeah, I know she Tara. talked about yeah, she talked about that, um, and it's about like I actually wanted it, but it's a little pricey. It's you know, it's uh, it's it's like a thousand bucks, you know, for for one, and it's just uh, I didn't necessarily find. Uh, it doesn't happen to me often enough to invest in it that much. So, um, you know, just for the time being, just kind of move the covers, sleep in just the sheets, whatever. Yeah. Bamboo sheets are a great option. Also your mattress. This is really mm-hmm. important. So what people don't realize is a lot of mattresses, I'm kind of an expert in mattresses at this point. Um, awesome. Kind of, of, I'm sure you are now. I, well, I, well, yeah, I am. A, I'm actually a spokesperson for a mattress company um, cool. now. So, but anyway, so- uh, it's called the Dream Cloud. Okay, I th- so, think I've heard of that. Do they have a like a uh, like a pop up or one of those places out here somewhere in California? They probably do. They're big in California. They they yeah. also own Nectar, which is a very popular mattress. I've definitely seen that one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So the Dream Cloud is kind of like their their hybrid mattress, spring and foam. Uh, Nectar is just a foam based mattress. Um, but you know, the, a lot of times mattresses actually will store heat. Mm-hmm. Now the technology in the mattresses are getting better. So they're using different materials to help, um, sort of dispense heat, but like traditional, uh, um, foam mattresses normally are very they They kind of absorb heat and the, the heat gets stuck in the mattress. That's why hybrid mattresses are great because they're spring. So there's some airflow, there's some, some space. And then the, the upper portion of the mattress. I've got that now from Casper. So I've been, I used to sleep on a Tempur-Pedic. That yeah, that's was a hot. hot. That's hot. Really that's hot. Yes. That was a hot mattress. And that was, I've been using a Tempur-Pedic now for, well, I did use a Tempur-Pedic since like 2004. Yeah. Yeah. So long. I was a very, very early adapter in the memory foam and it was great, but I always would run really hot. And then uh, Casper came out with their mattresses and I got one of their kind of hybrids. And now I've got 
the Casper hybrid one with the springs. Uh, yeah. We just moved into a new home and we bought that, which I definitely am finding it's better than uh, than the one that I had previously. Yeah, for sure. So those older, you know, Tempur-Pedic mattresses, they, they there's a, you know, it's, depending on the type of mattress, you either sleep on your mattress or in your mattress. Mm. Tempur-Pedic mattress, you sleep in it. Um, and they're very hot. There's a, there's a, a friend of mine. He, he has a mattress company called Essentia and it's, um, it's a great company. They make a mattress that is, um, like Tempur-Pedic. It feels like Tempur-Pedic, but it's way less toxic. And it's also right body temperature regulating. He sort of mm. innovated the, the foam mattress. Um, that was like sort of his breakthrough mm. and, um, pretty cool. So depending on also like your preference of, do, I, do you want to sleep on your mattress or in your mattress? Um, I sleep on, well, actually I have a lot of different mattresses, but the, the one that I, that I'm currently sleeping on is a latex based mm. mattress and latex is, is, you know, temperature regulating. It's also antimicrobial. Um, it has, you know, it's pretty firm, supportive. Mm. Um, but yeah, I mean, mattresses, they're the most important piece of furniture that we own because we spend yeah. a third of our lives on it. So I always think it's funny. We work with very successful people from all over the country. And I, you know, I ask, you know, what kind of mattress you have? And sometimes I'm like, what the heck? Like they, yeah. they, they spend like, you know, millions of dollars on like, you know, their kitchen and their furniture in the living room. And then they skimp on the mattress. I'm like, come on, man. Like, um, so I had to say, I had, I was saying that I tell my clients, there are two areas that you don't want to ever want to skimp on and be frugal on that's your eating your food and your bedding. Oh, I love that. Yeah. If you like, I mean, you can be frugal anywhere else, but those two areas, quality of your food and the quality of your sleep, uh, you, you sleep like stuff, your mat- mattress, sheets, comforter, all that. Yeah. yeah. So uh, speaking of the, the, you know, the other aspects of the, you know, the bed, I'm a big fan of bamboo because it's mm-hmm. cooling. There's mm-hmm. a great company. Um, it's called Cozy Earth. Mm-hmm. Oprah's favorite sheets. Um, they're bamboo and like game changer for sleep. If you're sleeping on cotton, like you, you get a pair of these sheets. It's like unbelievable. How have to write that down. Yeah. Crazy earth. Yeah. It's right. unbelievable. Like the first pair I got, it really, you know, I'm like a huge fan of it, like big time. Like I didn't realize how big of a difference it actually would make. And, um, and like, you know, I would tell people this and they're like, ah, Matt, you know, come on, it doesn't, I can't make that big of a difference. And then, you know, then they experience it and they're like, wow, you were right. Like unbelievable. And, um, so bamboo they, bedding is, they great. have, they have, they have also have, uh, pajamas too. So yeah. Bamboo pajamas. Yeah. yeah. So I, I, pref- you know, it, I, I, my preference is sleep nude. It's actually mm-hmm. better to sleep nude. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but, you know, leading up to bed, they make some, cool- I used to do that until I got married. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah well i can't help you there yeah. i can't help you with that one it's just kidding um, cool um awesome this is good stuff man um any closing thoughts I, we, we didn't discuss your book i'd love for you to give us a, a synopsis on your book the sleep advantage yeah i mean it, really i wrote that book to be the step-by-step guide to better sleep there's a lot of sleep books out there they're very scientific they're giving you all the science on sleep why it's important um, using scientific language. I wanted to write something for people just to give them like a template, like, Hey, here's, here's the step-by-step. Here's what you should focus on. Here are some amazing products, things that you could experiment with. Um, and here's the framework to do it. And without a bunch of fluff, that's what the sleep advantage is. It's really just a, you know, practical guide to better sleep. Um, and you know, there is some science in there, but it's really just, I wanted to give people tangible tools, takeaways, Things that were mm-hmm. simple, um, because everyone's so so busy and life's complicated as it is. You know, I, I want to just distill it down to just the what I found to be the big important aspects. Of, Almost like a handbook. Yeah, like a handbook. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The better sleep. Awesome. Yeah, it's yeah. great. Um, and then finally, uh, tell us briefly about your uh, TED Talk, where people can find it online and. Uh, on YouTube and kind of what that's about to inspire people to perhaps go there and learn more. Yeah. So the ROI of sleep, uh, it, you can find it on YouTube and just Google ROI of sleep, TEDx, Devin Burke um, was really, it was, that talk was all about helping people understand that sleep first and foremost is important. I ran a case study with 20 high performers. 
and we tested different uh, sleep hacks over the course of several weeks. And then using the aura ring and the data, like looking at, well, what were, uh, really, I was curious to see, was there one thing or, you know, everyone's looking for that silver bullet. Hey, if I just did this. And what was fascinating was certain things for certain people were made, made a big difference, not a difference for other people. Mm. Certain, you know, so everyone, you know, that's why you have to experiment with your sleep. You can't, there's not a silver bullet. There's not a, you know, one size fits all. You have to be open to experimentation. And so I, I, you know, share some of the findings of that, um, that study in the, the TEDx talk, um, as well, as long as, as well as some other really interesting facts around sleep. Awesome. Great. This has been an enlightening conversation and one that I, I feel could be a game changer for so many people's for so many people's health and wellness from the inside out. I believe sleep is probably one of the most underrated and most important components to our health that, that we are now finally getting to understand and have people like you who are passionate about it and dedicating their life's purpose to studying it and getting to the root of it and helping people sleep better. So thank you, Devin, for all that you're doing and, and what you will be doing in the future of sleep. Yeah. Thanks for, thanks for having me on and for being a fan of sleep and sharing this, you know, message with people so that they can really start to experience something, something amazing in their life from focusing on it. It's my pleasure. I wouldn't, I wouldn't speak so highly of it if I didn't believe it uh, and know to be true. I passionate about things and I like to coach and educate people on areas of things that I know for fact work. And this is one area that I, not one, it's one of many areas that I know definitely works. So um, I'm happy to do it and keep doing it. We'll have you back on again in the future and kind of uh, we'll, we'll pick up because I think this is something that we need to keep nailing down. Yeah, sounds good. A lot more to share. So I look forward Great. to that. Fantastic. Well, until then, everybody, get your sleep. Start today. Check out Devin's website, devinburke.com and the sleep, uh, the sleepscienceacademy.com. Uh, and follow him on Instagram. Where are we going to follow you? The Devin Burke Wellness on all the social channels. Yeah. Devin Burke Wellness on all the social links. And we will have that in the show notes. Devin, again, thanks for being here. And thank you, everybody, for listening. Until next time, stay healthy and well. Thank you for spending your time with me and my guest today on the Steve Jordan Experience. Now, if you enjoyed this episode, there are a few things that you can do. First, sharing is caring. So show your family and friends how much you care about them by sharing this podcast to encourage them to live their best life. Two, go to my website, stevejordan.com, to subscribe to my Get Fit community. Here, you will receive updates, news, and valuable information for ways for you to get more involved in the Steve Jordan experience. And finally, take a minute to please rate this podcast on Apple Podcasts. It helps me to continue to get outstanding guests to create an extraordinary listening experience for you. That's all, friends. Thanks for listening to the Steve Jordan Experience.